Welcome to Elevate, a podcast about achievement, personal growth, and pushing limits in leadership and life. I'm Robert Glazer, and I chat with world-class performers who have committed to elevating their own life, pushing the limits of their capacity, and helping others to do the same. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Friday Forward on the Elevate podcast. Speaking of Elevate, I'm excited to share that my new book, Elevate, Push Beyond Your Limits and Unlock Success in Yourself and Others, is now a Wall Street Journal and USA Today national bestseller. We're playing a little catch up with Friday Forward, so we're going to add a bonus episode for you today. The Saddle, number 189. Last week, I wrote about my wife's bike accident on our recent vacation and her perspective of how it could have been worse. What I failed to mention was that after a day's rest, she got back on her bike and participated in a large portion of the last two days of our group's ride. Part of her motivation was to be able to experience and enjoy the trip as planned, but I also believe she understood the psychological benefit of getting back on the bike and doing so quickly. Otherwise, that lasting memory of the fall might have caused her to be apprehensive and fearful about an activity she has always enjoyed. Her experience brought to mind the story of a close friend. When he was around 12 years old, he was skiing with his father after a snowstorm, and they found themselves caught in a serious avalanche. He was not pulled under by the snow, however his father was. He ended up so buried that only his hand was visible. A few skiers saw his hand sticking out of the snow and rushed to help dig him out before it was too late. Miraculously, he was okay. You can imagine how traumatic this experience must have been, both for my friend and his father. Understandably, it could lead someone to never want to ski again. My friend's father must have known this because he insisted that they both go skiing that same afternoon. He understood how important it was to get back out on the skis right away and create a new, happier memory. To this day, many years later, skiing is one of his family's most loved activities and the one that's enjoyed by three generations. Had it not be for his dad's determination to go out and ski the very next day, that avalanche could have been the last time my friend ever skied. There's a reason the saying, get back in the saddle, is used when someone is facing a difficult situation, whether that's getting thrown from a horse, falling off a bike, going through a divorce, or starting a new job after being let go. The longer you wait, the harder it gets. I talk to a lot of people who have never recovered from one of these defining moments, especially if it happened when they were young. A bike they're afraid to get on because of a fall, a debilitating fear of dogs after being nipped or bitten. In most of these cases, the person ran from the incident and it became their defining memory, never to be overwritten by a new one. Sometimes colleagues, friends, and family are unintentionally complicit. In trying to console us, they tell us that it's okay to avoid the thing that we just failed at, that scared us, or that caused us injury. Understandably, they're trying to protect us. Unfortunately, in doing so, they might also be hindering us in the long run. The reality is that what we often need the most is to face the exact thing that just caused the pain, and we need to do it quickly. This way we can move past and through it and make a new memory, overriding the bad experience with a new one before it has the opportunity to set in too deep. In the week after the bike accident, we had the opportunity to spend a few days in Copenhagen with family, where the main form of transportation is biking. Biking was a huge part of our experience there, and we may not have had that opportunity had my wife not jumped right back in the saddle as she did. Quote of the week, our greatest glory is not in never failing, but in rising every time we fail. Confucius. Happy campers, number 190. My three kids arrived home from summer camp this week after seven weeks away. 
For those who don't grow up with the tradition of going to summer camp every summer or in cultures that don't have long school breaks, it may seem odd for parents to send their children away for home for weeks at a time. For those who did attend sleepaway camp, however, most had the experience that my kids have. They cannot wait to go each year and often don't want to come home at the end of camp because they're having such an amazing time. After hearing recaps about their summer camp adventures, I'm reminded of the invaluable life skills that this experience can offer, as well as some of the practical knowledge that seems to be fading from society, but is actually needed more now than ever. Here are a few notables. Number one, learning personal responsibility. Children at sleepaway camp don't have their parents around to pick up the slack or whisper constant reminders in their ears. For example, when kids forget to put on sunscreen, they get burned. If they forget their cleats, they don't play soccer. While painful, these are critical life lessons. Pain is a powerful teacher, as I've seen with my middle son. He started getting migraines last year at camp, and we were worried how he'd manage them while away. After experiencing his first migraine, he stepped up and internalized what his body needed. Ever since, he's been mindful about avoiding situations that tend to trigger these headaches and has had far fewer migraines as a result. Number two, getting out of your comfort zone. Summer camp encourages kids to try new things in a safe, supportive environment. While campers certainly aren't expected to enjoy everything that they try, they're at least expected to give it a shot. The first year my daughter arrived at camp, she was terrified of the water and was anxious about taking the basic swim test. But when she had to step up to the expectations set at camp, she surprised even herself. By the end of the first week, she chose to complete the half-mile lake swim. A few weeks later, she got up on water skis. This year at camp, which was her last, she passed her lifeguard test. Number three, values over rules. We're living in a generation of overparenting and micromanagement. Very few parents and leaders are able to step back and provide values, coaching, and guidelines without stepping in and doing the work themselves. Before my kids leave for camp each year, I remind them about our family's core values and give them some examples for how they could live them at camp because it's all I can do. Just as parents need to let their kids grow up, leaders need to set high expectations for their team members and give them the resources and room to meet them on their own terms. Number four, learning to lead. Leadership is a tough job, and good leadership takes a lot of practice. Camp has given my kids the chance to practice making decisions and handling the consequences. Each has had the opportunity to lead their respective age groups in color war, a camp-wide competition that involves athletics, singing, bunk inspections, and even silent meals that are judged for points as the camp divides into two colors. To be elected as a group leader, they each had to write a speech about why they thought they'd be up to the task and present it in front of their peers. Once elected, they had to set up their teams and organize lineups for the competitions. Sometimes their team won, sometimes they lost. Either way, they had to learn to do both well. And when their friends weren't happy about their decisions, they had to learn to accept the feedback and hear it. Number five, going offline for relationship building. Our kids' camps have strict no-technology policies. This means that our children get a long break from social media and instead get social the old-fashioned way by strengthening their real-world interpersonal skills. The beautiful thing is that they don't even miss their devices, and they're honestly happier without them. Our kids have gained leadership skills and independence at camp. They've learned self-advocacy, become more responsible, and have had space to discover what they enjoy most. And of all these things have happened without their parents being present. We could all benefit more from the lessons of summer camp. The real magic happens for others when we're willing to let go. Quote of the week, tell me and I'll forget, 
Teach me, and I may remember. Involve me, and I learn. Benjamin Franklin. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Two years ago, I bought a dual suspension mountain bike for the first time, and it pushed me to ride trails that I had never been willing to try before. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has exceptional capability that will have you seeing the possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. The Lexus GX comes with available dynamic sky panorama glass roof, available front row massaging seats, best-in-class towing capacity, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, and available multi-terrain select. I've seen the new Lexus GX popping up all around my town, and not only does it have the capabilities to take you to new places on and off the road, but it's a great-looking car. The new Lexus GX is ready to raise the bar for you. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Harvard Business Review provides information, tools, and practical advice on leadership, management, and strategy through the hbr.org website, their print publication, and their podcasts. HBR.org is your go-to for leadership and business management articles. A recent favorite is Stop Eliminating Perfectly Good Candidates by Asking Them the Wrong Questions. Then there are other world-famous case studies, which premium subscribers can access as well. HBR produces a number of leading podcasts from HBR on Leadership to my favorite, the HBR IdeaCast podcast. A subscription to HBR also includes access to videos, The Big Idea, HBR Magazine, and a wide variety of newsletters. While much of the Harvard Business Review content is available for free after signing up at their site, subscriptions to unlimited content start at only $10 a month. Go to www.hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter promo code ELEVATE right now to take advantage of this great offer. Again, go to www.hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter promo code ELEVATE to learn more about this great opportunity to help manage your career and business. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. It helps you identify and hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Case in point, last year I asked the CEO of a major ski resort how he got his job, and he told me that he saw it on LinkedIn and decided to apply. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. The team at LinkedIn is also constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash practical. That's linkedin.com slash practical to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Elevate listeners. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify is the partner you need to keep the cash register ringing for your e-commerce business. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers, with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading platforms. I advise a lot of companies in the e-commerce space, and almost all of them have migrated to Shopify. 
And as a buyer, what I love about buying from Shopify-enabled sites is that they already know who I am, and I don't have to create a new account or enter all my payment info. The ShopPay service makes it faster and easier to buy, which surely helps with conversions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com elevate, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com elevate now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com elevate. Saying no, number 191. As you reach higher levels of success, you often have the ability to help more people, and more people are likely to ask for your help. At the same time, you still have significant responsibilities to your family, career, close friends, and community, people already depending on you to give them your time and attention. One person can't be all things to all people, and those that try by saying yes to everything that's asked of them will inevitably let themselves and others down. Warren Buffett understood this all too well when he said, The difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything. Personally, I've struggled to say no for most of my professional life. I've worried about coming across as unapproachable or worse, that others will think I perceive myself as being more important than them in some way. I've been on a journey to find a better way to say no, especially as my personal and professional responsibilities have increased. Then last year, I listened to an episode of The Tim Ferriss Show, titled How to Say No. The points he made and the advice he offered really got me thinking about how to say no in a different way. When I tested out some of Ferris's recommendations, I came to realize that I'm actually happier and more productive when I say no to others and commit to last. Here are the three strategies, the third taken from Ferris' podcast episode, that have helped me get better at saying no. Number one, give up the guilt. When you begin to feel guilt for saying no to another person's request, be it a few minutes of your time, a financial contribution, or help with a time-consuming project, it's important to weigh it against other commitments you've already made that need your full focus. If you're able to do both and your priorities are aligned, great. However, saying yes to the request will mean time and attention away from something meaningful that you've already committed to, then saying no is not the right thing to do. Someone else's passion or priorities may not be your own, and that's okay. Number two, know your core values. I've written at length about the importance of having and living by core values. In addition to being building blocks for personal and professional development, something I refer to as spiritual capacity in my book, Elevate, they're also guideposts for when to say yes or no to a request. Next time you get an ask, take a moment to stop and seriously consider whether fulfilling that need speaks to your core values. Time is both precious and limited. It's essential to choose your commitments carefully and ensure they will move you towards what's most important to you. Number three, leverage templates. When you decide to say no, how you choose to respond can make all the difference. In his podcast episode, Ferris highlighted the similarities and the rejections he received when he asked very successful people to contribute to one of his books. Turns out there's some common denominators of a good rejection, including a personal acknowledgement of the individual making the request, an admission of your own need to focus on other priorities given previous commitments, a clear statement that you cannot help in this matter and a note explaining that you're responding consistently in this way to all requests of this kind. I've tried this approach and found it to be very effective. You can find some of my templates linked in the post at fridayforward.com. I found people who get a lot of requests tend to have a lot of templates. 
They might have one for declining speaking engagements, another for declining a podcast appearance, and one for saying no to a meeting, etc. Each time you field a new type of request, consider taking an extra minute to turn your response into a template. This can make it easier to say no respectfully and thoughtfully to future similar requests. There's great value in learning how to set limits without guilt. In the end, you might discover that saying no is the best way to say yes to something that will enable you to make your biggest contribution. Quote of the week, your obligation is to the highest point of contribution you can make. Greg McCown. Remember, if you'd like to get Friday Forward delivered to your inbox each Friday, you can simply sign up at FridayFWD.com. If you enjoyed today's episode or the Elevate podcast in general, I'd really appreciate if you could leave us a review as it helps new users discover the show and the same content. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, you can just select the library icon, click on Elevate, and scroll down to leave your review. If you're listening in your browser or a different app, uh, you can jump over to robertglazer.com and follow the link on the subscribe page for how to review. Thanks again for your support, and until next time, keep elevating. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.